0: Amen. Thank you all for that. If you would please open up your Bibles to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Today we are going to be looking at one of the most famous stories in the Bible, uh, where where Jesus feeds the 5,000. And Jesus famously does this with five loaves and two fish. Now I'd like to take a look at this and just, uh, well, just see what we can learn about God through this. What this teach, uh, teaches us about who he is and his care for us. But I'd like to begin with a question. And that question is, have you ever thought, if I just had this, I'd be happy? Man, if I just had this thing, I'd be so much happier. When I was in high school, I told my mom, if I just had a new Xbox, I'd be so happy. Some people may say, you know, if I just had that woman in my life or that man in my life, I'd be so much happier. Maybe your thought is if I didn't have this, then I'd be happy. (laughs) <laughs> but we think that if we could just change something, some little circumstance, some little situation in our lives, that we might be happier, have a fuller life. And somewhat that's true, but it's not usually the thing that we think of. It's not that Xbox, that man, that woman, um, man, it's not getting rid of this that's going to make you happy. It's Jesus. Jesus is all satisfying. Him and Him alone. So today I'd like to look at Jesus as our sufficient Christ. That He is sufficient for all of our needs. So read with me beginning in verse 30. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told Him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. Now, at this point, Jesus had sent out his disciples to go and uh, preach that he had had come, that the the kingdom was at hand. So they returned to him and told him what they've taught. And he said to them, Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves But the multitudes saw them departing, and many knew him and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them, because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and already the hour is late. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. But he answered and said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, Five, and two fish. Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks in hundreds and in fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed, and broke the loaves, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of fragments, And of the fish. Now, those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men. Let us pray. Jesus, you are all that we need. God, I pray that we would not take our eyes off of you, get our focus on all these other things, think that happiness comes from all these other things, but Lord, that we would understand that you are our provider. You are sufficient. You give us the things that we need for the day, Lord. God, I pray that we would not fall into that temptation to believe that we are self-sufficient, that we can do everything on our own, but Lord, that we would be dependent solely upon you. God, I pray you give me words to say, give us ears to hear and eyes to see what your word has to say. We ask this in your name. Amen. The first thing I want you to see in this text is that Jesus cares about these people. And not only these people, but He cares about us too. Notice it begins with the apostles coming back to Him, and He tells them, "You know, go and go and rest. They've had a long time, a long day, a long time, long time of work. He tells them to rest." They are, well, clearly without rest. They've been out on mission, going city to city, proclaiming that the kingdom has come. They're tired. Yet, verse 34 Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. Now, I don't know about you. If I've had a long day at work and somebody shows up at my house, I might be closing the door in their face. I'm tired. I just want to rest. But Jesus is not like us. He cares about these people. He cares about us. Now in verse 44 it says, Now those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men. Notice it says 5,000 men. One of the ways that they would count in uh, this culture was by just counting the heads of the household, similar to how today we might say that 20 families were represented at this this function. Well, that doesn't mean that 20 people were there, that means 20 families, households. Well, there could be one person in a household, there could be 20. Um, They counted by the heads of the household, the men of the house, so most scholars actually put this not at 5,000 people but more around 15 to 20,000. This is a massive crowd. This is massive. 5,000 men were represented. Families were represented. Likely 15 to 20,000 people here. And Jesus cared for each and every individual.
1: The difference is that now we fail, now we fall. Jesus endured that temptation without sin. Jesus suffered that temptation without giving in. Jesus then Jesus doesn't really get it because he doesn't. He doesn't know it's like to stumble. I'd say that Jesus has a much better understanding of temptation than we do. Because what happens when you give in to that temptation? Does it get stronger or because it is off. you give in to it, it is off. You're tempted to do it. You may be tempted to continue doing it. As you resist temptation, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger, and that thought in the back of your head becomes more prevalent more prevalent. We may go a week without giving in, a month or a year. Jesus went 33 years without ever giving in to any temptation. Imagine if he gets stronger and stronger. Imagine the temptations that he felt in that day. To calm down. Honors of angels. Rather than taking the class. Imagine the temptation that you felt to say, you know what? You won't deserve death. So I'm just gonna give it to you. I'm not going to go to the cross for you. Jesus in the garden even said, Father, if there is any other way, if there is any other way, let me take that. But not my will be done. No, no. See that? That is the fully man aspect of Jesus. He knew the suffering that was awaiting him. And that temptation to not go to the cross was great. He still bore it. Rather than giving him that temptation, he faced it. Jesus has compassion on us. Because he knows what we go through. He knows the pain that we feel. The temptation that we face. There is not going to ever be any sin in your life. Any problem in your life. We're gonna bring it to Jesus and he's gonna say, eh, eh, eh. That's cool. Keep that one to yourself. I don't wanna touch that. No. He is compassionate. He knows what you're going through. He has been there. He has suffered greater than we have. Jesus is compassionate. He has compassion on the multitude and he provides for them. If I send them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way, for some of them have come to a fair. Then his disciples answered him, How can one satisfy these people? with bread and the wilderness. The the and the monster, he sat down on the ground, and he took the seven wolves and gave thanks. He them, and gave them the to his disciples, who sat before them. And they sat down before the meeting, Jesus, how's about all, people? Jesus cares about you and I. And that person that you can't stand, Jesus cares about them too. Jesus cares about the person that cuts you off in traffic. Cares about the person that got that promotion when you should have gotten it. He cares about that person that moved next door and plays that music really loud, even when it's 7 a.m. on Saturday morning, you try to sleep in. Jesus cares about them, so we should too. Compassion on other people? Are we marked by our compassion and our love for people, our desire to meet people's needs? Is that a defining characteristic of who we as a church Is that a defining characteristic? If who you as a believer are, are you marked by compassion for other people? Is your concern for people's well-being and their their spiritual life, their spiritual health? Or is your concern for your own plan? The way that you are perceived by other people is your concern, either for yourself or for other people. Jesus has compassion for people. And we see his compassion played out throughout the rest of the passage, especially with the disciples. Following this, we see that the Pharisees seeking a sign. Then the Pharisees came out and began to dispute with him seeking from him a sign with heaven, or a sign from heaven, testing him. But he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Assuredly I say to you, No sign shall be given to this generation. Now last week, uh, following the sermon, Brother Alan asked me about the sign and the passage we looked at where Jesus had touched the man's ears it says that you took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears and he spat and touched his tongue then looking up to heaven he sighed and said to him -er ephah that is be opened and that question got me off guard Oh, I'm to forget <laughs> and I went for that little hug. When I researched him, what it suggested, what the implication there that he sighed because he felt so You are this size different. Jesus has just shown his compassion for all these people. He has shown not only his compassion for them, but then his ability to feed 4,000 people with 7 loaves of of bread and a few fish. Now again, last time when we looked at the 5,000, I asked for a little bit of math. Does that make sense? The answer should be no. Oh I mean a loaf of bread can feed a few people. Seven loaves mm-hmm. of bread probably maybe at best like fifty people feeding small chunks of it. That's a lot less than four thousand. But does not make sense that Jesus was able to feed them because he is God in the flesh because Jesus is the son of God manifested through divine conception Jesus is God. So he showed them the compassion he has, and then he showed them the power he has. He showed them who he is. Nobody else can do this other than Jesus. And what do the Pharisees do? Give us a Well, If I were there, I would likely not be quite as calm as Jesus was. I was supposed to try and be like, Are you dumb? Do you see what I just did? Look at this. That Jesus died deeply in his spirit. Sighed deeply in his spirit. Generations seek a sign. Assuredly I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation. No. Jesus is not. Oh. Making an error in his speech. I mean, he says no sign from the given to this generation. He's given plenty of signs. You see, but a sign is really only effective for those who have ears to hear and eyes to see. Jesus, all throughout the Gospels, is Using this phrase, either you 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 do not have ears to hear and eyes to see. You have ears but do not hear, eyes but do not see. Or you say, Those with ears let them hear, something to that effect. Now these people, the Pharisees had ears and eyes, and they did not hear and they did not see, because of the hardness of their hearts. What is... sight does not equal faith. not equal faith. Sight can help you if you have ears to hear and eyes to see. Sight can help you if you John, uh, Jesus has performed miracles in chapter 2, and then at the end of chapter 2, it says that he has done all these miracles, and a multitude of people, a crowd of people come to him, and they want to... Make him king, they want him, and he says that it says that he did not give himself to them because he knew what was in the heart of man. These people had seen the signs, and they wanted him to be their healer. They wanted him to be their provider. They wanted him even to be their king, to cast the Romans out of Israel. But they did not want him to be their savior. They wanted all the blessings, all the miracles, but they didn't want the life change that comes with Jesus. They didn't want to be changed by him. They wanted him to just be this, this miracle worker. They had ears to hear what he was saying there, eyes to see, and yet their hearts were hardened By their own desire their own selfish desires and here we see the Pharisees doing the same thing. They see all these signs. The reason they came to Jesus is because they knew that he had been healing people and casting demons out of people. That he had been feeding thousands of people. You've demonstrated who you are. You are God in the flesh. Let us bow down and worship you. Instead, they say, give us a sign. And so Jesus response that no sign shall be given in this generation. plenty of signs were given. They just were too hard to understand.